Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we'll be diving into the 1987 Northanger Abbey. Yes, it's our spooky Halloween <laughs> episode. <laughs> Scariest Jane Austen yet. Yes, I know. I know. We did Pride of Precious and Zombies, but it's not quite the same as the <laughs> gothic horror 80s, 80s style. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> Not at all what I expected. We literally just watched it. Should we jump in with our first impressions right off the bat? Oh, yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> um, I was very shocked to see <laughs> um, just the 80s influence on Jane Austen. It seemed like the perfect mashup of period attire and 80s hair. <laughs> <laughs> perms abound oh my gosh totally i love just when the bangs were the only thing perturbed. yes very poodly is what i said during the when we're watching it um but i actually liked it yeah <laughs> i really enjoyed it um it was so i don't know it was so dark i think you at one point was like were said like it looked like labyrinth yes <laughs> and i was like that's it never ending story like all those 80s like fantasy movies yeah like we were one in one of them yeah except for more specifically to me it reminds me of the 80s tv shows that were spooky that i don't even think exist anymore <laughs> <laughs> Probably they, not. they might be on some weird streaming channel but like there's one called i think night uh not nightmare on elm street it was friday the 13th mm-hmm. but it was not it didn't have anything to do with the movies, I don't think, because it was like some antique store and uh, they had haunted items. Oh. And Beauty and the Beast was like a big show at that time and it was kind of gothic y and spooky. spooky. <laughs> <laughs> the like lower budget yes. <laughs> 80s gothic. It's just so good. <laughs> I think um, it made a pretty big impression on me the first time I saw it too, because I, I bought like this Jane Austen box set from Best Buy mm-hmm. and it had i think this was the first one i watched out of that so that was probably my first real adaptation besides sense and sensibility and maybe that emma i can't even remember if i had seen that one before or Mm -hmm. not so (laughs) but i loved it (laughs) it's just got it's very it's got its own charm um and it's you know we'll find out the it's shorter than Mm -hmm. you would think it or like it to be yeah it's definitely not like an exact adaptation or anything (laughs) i would say don't start with this one (laughs) yeah that's why i was like let's read the book before we get to this (laughs) yeah because if you read the book you are like you notice the new things and you notice the things missing and yeah (laughs) it just i I think i just i don't know i thought it was very charming yeah but i think it really works the way like you know even though it is so over the top gothic it's kind of what i imagine Catherine was imagining in her head like oh yeah she could imagine the soundtrack going on at all times she would if she had an ipod that's what she would be listening to all the time (laughs) and the imaginative cutaways of her being carried through the field (laughs) yes it was very much that's exactly what i thought in the beginning i was like oh it almost feels like we're like if she is like narrating and writing the whole movie yes Yes. It was really good. Which I appreciate because it's hard to get it to her head. Yeah. I know it makes it really silly, but (laughs) I think one thing, and it's, I think it's very emblematic of the eighties, but like it it was very like imaginative in the way that I would expect a teenager to like it because her (laughs) excitement of being kidnapped and (laughs) the smile on her face anytime she imagined one of these horrific tales. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, this needs to happen. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, Catherine. <laughs> I am. She's a trip. I loved um, a lot of the casting, too. I thought mm-hmm. worked pretty well. Yes. It was a... Yeah. Visually, it was very interesting because... I think I made a comment where I was like, Catherine looks like she's 16, but <laughs> every single man looks about 50 years older than her in this. Yes. <laughs> yes, and they all look like they want to eat her. Like, yes. she's Red Riding Hood, and they are the big red wolf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was very that, which also added to the, like, creepy element. Yes, it definitely did. There was, a, like, this crazy sexual undertone to the whole thing that just yeah. felt very creepy. <laughs> <laughs> It was, I don't know, it was very, like, and it just, like, really sticks out as an 80s movie with all these crazy looks, and then the the snuff stuff, yes. <laughs> which I was like, that can't be what I think it is. <laughs> yeah, that just reminiscent, very 80s, <laughs> to yeah. put that in there. Yeah, it's very unique, I would say. Very, <laughs> really, I love it. Yeah. Um, well, let's, let's start with your notes. Yeah. All right, so we did Northanger Abbey. Now, it was released in the U.S. December 6, 1987. Okay. Um, however, it did first come to the U.K. in February 15th of that year. Oh. And the next was the Netherlands in November 25th. That's interesting because sometimes I'll see it listed as Northanger Abbey 86, but there's no, it never came out in 86 at all. No. Yeah. <laughs> well. they're wrong people are wrong (laughs) Um, but we were not the last to receive it because finland finally received it on dvd in january 22nd 2009 whoa they had to wait a long time (laughs) 22 years later they finally got it i've been waiting for this gothic adaptation of northanger abbey for (laughs) decades (laughs) the finnish are happy um but it was uh written by Maggie uh, Maggie Wadey, Maggie uh, Wadi, uh-huh. who also wrote our Mansfield Park that we did. Yes. Um, so I'm glad to see her again. Yeah. I, I love a female um, screenwriter. Yes. And even though I would say probably both Mansfield Park and this one are not a lot of people's favorite mm. versions, I still think she she's pretty good at somehow, you know, making the story down to just what it needs to like, yes. survive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because we mentioned it was shorter, but like. It didn't. It never felt like, oh, we really needed that because like we're yeah. It didn't so feel lost. like, oh, we cut out a whole storyline or something like that. Right. You know? <laughs> she kind of just chopped it up a little bit. Yeah. It's directed by Giles Foster, and I think he was had done some stuff because I did see some stuff like Giles Foster, who we love from this and that. <laughs> um, he was the director of Talking Head, something he's really known for. A lot of British stuff. Yeah, British stuff, definitely. <laughs> Very British. <laughs> Um, and then some of the cast, uh, we had Catherine Schlesinger as Catherine Moreland. <laughs> I've only ever seen her in one episode of Doctor Who mm-hmm. outside of this. And it was like an old 80s episode. And it's equal, well, that that particular episode, I also love for no reason because it's a crazy, <laughs> crazy episode. <laughs> but I think it's because she's in it that I'm like... I still love this crazy weird episode <laughs> <laughs> she has uh, i guess some strange effect to turn everything she's <laughs> called <in>. ghost light <laughs> it's so interesting she was also uh, i guess she's really known for uh, playing anne frank and a oh. diary of anne frank movie they did the same year this came out really yes. I, I don't know if i ever saw that no it might be like a you know a british version but it's she apparently this is one thing she's really known for okay 
Um, we had Peter Firth as Henry Tilney. Yes. Very interesting. Fitting the quintessential blonde, curly Englishman role. Yes. <laughs> which they love. <laughs> yes. He was one who looked about 30 years older than Catherine. <laughs> Um, we had Robert Hardy as General Tilney, who was a very good General Tilney. Yeah, I liked him. Very intimidating. <laughs> um, we had Googie Withers as Mrs. Allen. Googie? Yep, G-O-O-G-I-E. That's a fun name. Yes. She it looks like a very old school Hollywood, like British uh-huh. Hollywood, I guess, maybe. Yeah. Um, she's most known for um, playing Joe DeVries in the movie, One of Our Aircraft is Missing. <laughs> <laughs> Like it was like in the 40s, so she's like an old school Hollywood actor. Yeah, awesome. We had Jeffrey Chatter as Mr. Allen, Cassie Stewart as Isabella Thorpe, Jonathan Coy as John Thorpe, the worst. <laughs> Appropriately. Yes. <laughs> Ingrid Lacey as Eleanor Tilney, and Greg Hicks as Frederick Tilney, um, <laughs> Philip Bird as James Moreland. Okay. And L.V. Hale as Mrs. Thorpe. That's pretty much like all the major cast. Yeah. Well... I don't really know any of them from mm. anything else that I can recall off the top of my head. I recognize Robert Hardy. Yeah. He was in Sense and Sensibility. Okay. He played Sir John Middleton. Did he? That's what it says. Oh, <laughs> yes, also... yes, 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 yes. That makes total, I can totally yes. see it, yes. He's also in the Harry Potters as Cornelius Fudge. Okay, yes, yeah. Mr. Magic. I thought he was really good. He really matched, like, my view of general tilney yeah he was really good he was very intimidating but also like weirdly (laughs) obsequious and like also kind of gross you're not sure what's going on with him yes i agree and then i think a lot of them are very british actors and they're famous (laughs) for like british tv shows and yeah i feel like peter firth must have been a theater actor yeah he was he he's like most famous for some sort of mi5 like spy show they did in the early 2000s yeah i tried to see like because i cassie stewart who played isabella i was like i feel like i know her or something but i went through her thing and i don't recognize any of these movies (laughs) but i don't know but yeah that's the major cast let's see the runtime is about 88 minutes so it's like just under an hour and a half yeah it's pretty quick it goes by pretty quickly yeah i thought but in like in a good way yeah um and there was a bit of interesting trivia that I found that will relate to one of our other movies. Okay. So it says that the striped muslin day dress worn by uh, Mrs. Moreland at Fullerton is the same costume worn by Kate Ashfield in The World's Maid, but in Princess Caribou, I guess, which is a jank, uh, whatever movie, British movie, <laughs> but also by Tony Collette as Harriet Smith while reading Mr. Elton's charade. I feel like we might have said that. During the Emma one, yeah, like this probably. dress showed up in a bunch of other places. Yes. Yeah, it's in a lot. That's like, it's in like four other. <laughs> Anytime we get to that dress, we'll be like, did you know that this dress turned up in all these places? <laughs> and then it also appeared when Marianne Dashwood was wearing it in the 2008 Sense and Sensibility when Edward oh. calls at Mr. Jennings' London house. I'm excited to get to that one someday. Yeah, so we'll see this dress again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that's pretty much it. There wasn't a lot of notes on this. I'd probably because it was like a TV, yeah. BBC movie. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to even find an IMDb page for it because it's not yeah. really listed under Northanger Abbey. <laughs> yeah, but it was really interesting and I'm glad to see that we have some costumes. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I might have some stuff in my notes about 
speculation about what time period it might be set in because of the costumes. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see in the next episode if <laughs> if I mention anything about yes. it. <laughs> and there's a couple. I was going to do like the composer because it was very. Oh, yeah. Who but is... there's a couple. Okay. It's like a couple songs composed by Kreutzer. Well, there's definitely the stuff they were singing probably was like by some old timey composer. Yeah. <laughs> old timey composer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, some of the so- the songs are called the Lancers Quadri- Quadrilles. Oh, those are dances. Landoiska and La Dorset. And then there's, oh, that's French. Probably what they were singing. Yes. <laughs> and that was composed by a Giovanni Paciello. So is there not like a, um, like a modern person? I don't think so. It just, it just lists the, uh, the dances and that song they sang. That's it. Huh. Well. Maybe it's like some 80s movie stock. maybe but it felt very specific yeah i get the music i want the soundtrack to this (laughs) movie i get stuck in my head all the like choir music or choral music yes (laughs) it was very interesting all right well let's get into the recap yes BBC production. <laughs> <laughs> or at least uh, distributed by. <laughs> right. So we start off, and Catherine is up in a tree, <laughs> and her skirts are all akimbo, and she's reading a gothic novel, and we can hear some of the dialogue from the book. And then we see pictures from the book, which I, did they have pictures? I don't know. Or was I that mean, like a real picture from the book? It might. I would say it was because it looked like how I think what a picture yeah. of that time would look. It was very, <laughs> very scribbly. <laughs> very scribbly. Um, so the pictures turn into a dream she's having of being carried through a castle by a brutish-looking man. <laughs> <laughs> and then we hear a little boy yelling for Kathy to come inside. Mrs. <laughs> Allen is here. <laughs> <laughs> So she sighs and climbs down, and she complains to her brother that she's being deprived of a necessary part of her education. (laughs) (laughs) The fantasy part. Of course. (laughs) For some reason, I think maybe because it's Catherine is the main girl's name, like her real life name. Um, Uh I I always want to spell her name with a K. Yeah. Even though it's supposed to be with a C. With a C in the I feel like in this version, she should be Catherine with a K. She should. (laughs) Uh, So then her and her brother run through a graveyard to some spooky (laughs) music. (laughs) Of course. I feel like she chose that path on purpose. She didn't have to go through the graveyard, but... Well, I guess her parents, or her dad is... um, A preacher. Yeah, so they might have one in the backyard. That's true. Which I'm sure suits her well. (laughs) I'm sure it does. (laughs) So they get home. Mrs. Allen is all feathers and curls. <laughs> <laughs> and does she look like a pirate from the very beginning? No, it's like a slow morph. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you will hear us later talk about her various pirate looks. Her husband has gout, so she's very excited because she gets to go to bed. <laughs> Interesting. And she wants to help Catherine find adventure abroad since she can't seem to find it at home. And Catherine gets super excited. She gets to go to bath. She gets to shop and dance. And she'll have no time for solitude. (laughs) (laughs) So they leave by carriage as the family waves goodbye. And Catherine is just like so wide-eyed in this version and eager. (laughs) She's very excited. Yeah. Which I like. 
<laughs> as Alan's take a nap, she imagines being kidnapped by some men while wearing a sheet. <laughs> <laughs> and then smiles. Because <laughs> yes. she's very excited for that. She, she's always smiling about her horrible Un- fantasies. <laughs> her unfortunate circumstances. <laughs> On the way, she sees Northanger Abbey and is very impressed. Although, I mean, technically... In the book, she didn't, but... <laughs> right. It does not... It looks like a fort to me, but... Well, it looks like an abbey from there, but there are times when we're at the abbey that it's like, this just looks like a ruined fort. Right. Yeah. As we see the abbey, we get some credits and some electric guitar music <laughs> <laughs> and spooky chorus, and she smiles to herself. Oh, and that's when we get the credit for Maggie Waddy, and I was like, we've met her before. <laughs> yes. Oh, welcome back. So they arrive at Bath at night... And there's a lot of people around. There's like bells tinkling when they arrive. And there's someone in a litter being carried around. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was thinking, because I feel like we looked up how people got around in Bath when we read the book. And uh-huh. I'm pretty sure they said that litters had previously been in use, but they were kind of had fallen out of fashion. But we've seen several in this movie, so... I was wondering if they maybe tried to set it at an early time period or if they just didn't care. <laughs> they just wanted whatever worked. <laughs> well, what's so crazy is, uh, like, you read a lot about, I feel like, in, especially in this time, like, it seems like a lot of people were losing their wealth. Like, some people weren't as wealthy as they were before, or some people were trying to marry up to keep their lifestyle. Yeah. And, so I don't know if maybe it has something to do with, like, the people who actually did it were still, like, really wealthy, or if it was, like, new wealth coming in being, like, we're wealthy, we do the old ways. Uh, maybe. Could be. Maybe. But it could also just be that they felt they wanted the extravagance. <laughs> well, I just know that it was, like, a, a popular way to get around. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was that was a little bit before Jane Austen's time. Yeah. If, if I remember correctly. But... You know how they, like, set the Pride and Prejudice at an earlier date so they could change the costumes Mm -hmm. a bit? I was wondering if they had maybe set this one earlier. But then the costumes are so... So up to time. Yeah. Well, Well, that um, his uh, General Tony's confidant looks very... uh, Her look is very extreme, so... (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It might be kind of, like, (laughs) mix-matching. Yeah, I was thinking maybe they just were doing whatever worked best for their gothic fantasy they were building. Oh, yeah. And it's also like, you know, uh, Catherine is so excited to go to Bath and she's like, it's going to be so extravagant and so amazing. And so it's like, we're almost getting a peek into maybe what she thinks of Bath. And it's like these people being carried around. Yeah. So I kind of think it maybe might be a combo of that. Yeah. Okay. So Mrs. Allen, uh, Catherine wants to go out immediately. Mrs. (laughs) Allen's like, no, we got to shop before you make your entree into the world. (laughs) But I guess they do because the next scene is the first dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Catherine looks super cute. And she's got these little bows. <laughs> I did like the costume. Yeah. And Mr. Allen, this is the first time he speaks. Mm-hmm. And he's got the like most high-pitched voice. And I was just <laughs> not expecting that voice no. to come out. <laughs> From the book, they make him seem like so like wise. And like, I don't know, he just seems to have this like even-tempered voice and he, <laughs> the minute he opens his mouth he sounds kind of like a little bumbling and woo. i feel like you kind of get used to it not that he talks that much but uh um, yeah. just that very first scene it's like whoa that's what you sound like it's very <laughs> shocking and so they get to the dance and there's this one lady standing right by them with like this huge beauty mark on her face yeah i don't know what that i again they're doing some weird it's, choices it seems very french 
Maybe, maybe. And she did. There was definitely a lot of French stuff going on. So. Yeah, so I'm not sure about that. That's but true. It looks pretty crazy. <laughs> Catherine is in awe when they get there, and Mrs. Allen says, one gets so tumbled in such a crowd, but it doesn't really seem that crowded to me. <laughs> Surely does not. <laughs> and so they go upstairs, and there's litter inside going up the stairs or down the stairs. <laughs> crazy. And up once they're up there, Mrs. Allen loses her ribbon from her gown, and Henry Tilney recovers it for her, and he gets immediately absorbed by Catherine. Like he's just like, "Who is this?" The looks, the looks. Yes. <laughs> and he charms Mrs. Allen as he should. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time I wrote. All the men in this movie look like they want to eat Catherine, but at <laughs> least Henry isn't as bad. <laughs> no, not as bad and not as sweaty. Yeah. So he leaves them fairly quickly, and Catherine sees him meet a pretty woman on the stairs and take her arm, and she just looks a little wistful, like, aw, <laughs> darn it. And then we see her staring out the window at the rain. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Allen is reading the paper, and he makes reference to some bit of English history that I am not familiar with. <laughs> some sort of... By the context clues. Rebel stuff. Yeah, I was like, I bet that some... English people really got that one, but I did not. <laughs> they were like, oh. <laughs> so Catherine wants to go out, but it's raining. And Mrs. Allen delivers one of my favorite lines from the novel, which is, I know you never mind the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> she does it perfectly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mr. Allen takes a quick nap. <laughs> Very quick, because two seconds later, he was... <laughs> Rudely awakened. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because suddenly... Catherine sees her brother James out the window and he comes in and unfortunately so does John Thorpe. <laughs> <sighs> and he looks just like I imagined him. Yes, I feel Awful. like this is the John Thorpe I imagine when I imagine John yes. Thorpe while I'm reading the book. <laughs> Evil. <laughs> he really has the eating Catherine for dinner look down. Oh, like yeah. every time he looks at her, it's just like, I want you. <laughs> and he's yes. so gross about it. I needed all of the men in this movie to have better facial hair groomers because they <laughs> looked crazy. I think that was like such a thing. I don't know. Curly the, hair and giant facial hair. Just like poofy. Everything like was, was poofy. Very 80s. I, yeah, I think the 80s had a big influence. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Definitely on the hair is amazing, though. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, yeah. So, um, John... Thorpe's mom wants to meet up with her old school friend, Mrs. Allen, mm-hmm. and everyone gets excited that they know people in town. So they go to the pump room and meet Isabella in her red dress. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is so red. And the Allens don't seem to approve of John. They give him quite the look as he's quizzing his mother and sisters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very, um, I guess this is, yeah, part of the book where quizzing we found out yeah. was like i thought it was just poking fun but he's very bad at it because he's very mean yeah it's just basically insulting people and them laughing at you for it <laughs> <laughs> yeah isabella is like she has a smile plastered on her face the entire time it's so creepy she never stops smiling yeah uh, john wants to take all of them out for a drive or at least Catherine, in his new gig i just wrote oh he really grosses me out in this version <laughs> just slimy yeah every time he looks at her (laughs) it is like he wants to eat her (laughs) so they're going out in the gig um john is characteristically verbose and Catherine sees the allens on the street and 
they seem very disapproving. They're also standing with the Tilneys. <laughs> <laughs> and so she gets very distracted. But John Thorpe is trying to figure out her relationship to the Allens. And she's she does she plays this really well about be how she's just clueless to what his intent is. <laughs> yeah. And Jane incites a carriage race. Extremely dangerous, I imagine. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, people are walking in the streets, and it seems very easy for you to lose control. Yeah, it seems like all the people on the streets are definitely giving them the side eye. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you crazy kids doing? <laughs> Please try not to kill us. We're all invalids in this town. <laughs> <laughs> so back at home, Mr. Allen is kind of trashing John Thorpe as Catherine comes in. Amazing. <laughs> and he tells her basically in a roundabout uh, British way, not to go out like that again. Oh, my God. It made me so mad because I was like, if I was Catherine, I would just yell at him, just say it to my face. Please tell me before I get into one of these uh, situations. Talk about me like I'm not here. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I wish you told me before I subjected myself to that. Right. <laughs> so Mrs. Allen tells Catherine that when they were out, they met Mr. Tilney and his sister. And wh- what a relief. It's just his sister. <laughs> Mrs. Allen was his sister. Yeah. <laughs> just so you know. And that night, Catherine has a nightmare that John Thorpe and another man tie her up and there's blood. <laughs> and in this nightmare, particularly gruesome and Halloween-y, Mrs. Allen sews her fingers together. Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> that, Yeah. And then the music, sh- I feel like, did that happen in a lot of 80s music? Or music, <laughs> a lot of 80s movies, because I feel like. The sewing stuff? Yeah, sewing bodies. I don't, yeah, maybe. It's like some maybe weird Maybe it was thing. some weird prosthetic they had It made me think of discovered. like, <laughs> it made me think of um, Hocus Pocus with, uh, did you ever watch Hocus Pocus? It's been a long time. I should rewatch it. Um, is his name like Billy, the, the dead guy who was like supposed to be in love with, um, <laughs> he had his mouth sewn shut. Oh. It just made me of that. Yeah. I don't know why, but <laughs> I just feel like I've definitely seen people sewing there. Oh, uh, it's probably a, it feels like an a 80s theme. Thing. <laughs> okay, so then the music shifts into the sounds of Isabella laughing as she wakes up Catherine from her dream. Rude. Hey, Catherine is very tired because she's been up reading Udolfo all night. <laughs> I wonder how many times she's read this book. Like Seriously. Six, seven, 20? <laughs> I mean, if that's all she's doing and she's staying up every night to read it. I know. It feels like that's the only one she's ever reading. Isabella is still smiling nonstop and she has a secret that she is in love with James. It's not a secret for more than two seconds, but um, she, she's in love with James. He's proposed and ridden off to ask his parents permission. And Isabella's like, I'm afraid I'm too poor for James. And <laughs> they giggle in bed together for a while. And then they're walking in the street. And uh, Catherine is talking about Henry and how he disappeared. And Henry sees them walk by and kisses his cane in such Gross. a way that I'm like, okay, come on, movie. It's such a darkly sexual movie. Yeah, I don't know very, what it is. Uh... Every like little extra glance is so like... Let me make out with this cane. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like, it seems very inappropriate for the library <laughs> to be very, like, so forward. And... I don't know. Part of me thinks, maybe yeah, not. maybe it was just like that. <laughs> like predatory <laughs> men all over the place. <laughs> yeah. I think we always like to romanticize those times. Yeah. Maybe a little more than that we should. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. 
<laughs> this movie with its sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I stank. Thank. <laughs> the South jumped out. I think. Um, I guess they're like really trying to play up that like. Remember we talked about the sense of the sublime uh-huh. when we did the book, and it was like this sensation that people were trying to achieve back then by reading these gothic novels that was like a bit thrilled and a bit uh-huh. scared and just like filled you with all this feeling. Yeah, <laughs> if I'm remembering it correctly. Okay, so then one of my favorite scenes, the bathhouse scene. <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> that was crazy. It's so cool and atmospheric. And I mean, it's not from the book at all. It's no. not, you've, I've never seen it in any sort of adaptation or anything, but nope. I just think it looks so cool. And they're all wearing these like orange dresses and they have like this tray that floats around their neck, which I assume is like salts or aromatics or something on them. Yeah. <laughs> and all their hats are still on <laughs> yes that's that's one of the things that i was like this is crazy I know, your feathers can't take that humidity <laughs> they will wilt it's also surprisingly co-ed another which thing surprised me i wonder if it was really like that i you know i always pictured the baths at bath to be individually kind mm. of things because everyone that's going there is like ill right so you wouldn't want to share in my opinion, I don't know. <laughs> well, People used to think that just cutting someone and bleeding them out a little bit would cure them. So, yeah, who knows? <laughs> People, yeah, they would do some weird things. But I think because it's like a an old Roman bath, maybe mm-hmm. that is just like, that's just the way it's set up. Maybe. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much of Roman times when people would, I'm sure, just disrobe and just be, they're like, this is bath time. It's not supposed to be sexual. Yeah, probably mostly the men. Well, yeah. I don't know. They were probably definitely know. But it's separated. also like, you know, it's a little stuffy English. So <laughs> I could see them being like, we will wear these clothes. We will wear these robes and Oh, yeah. I mean, if you ever watched hats. like, well, when we get to Sanditon, they mm-hmm. are at a beach town. So when people go bathing, they wear dresses very similar to that. I know. I'm like, do you want to drown? <laughs> yes. Let one riptide come. That's it. Okay. So we're at the baths and... Uh, Miss Tilney comes in and talks to Catherine. She seems amused by Catherine being amused by Henry. (laughs) (laughs) And she invites her to go for a walk with her. And John and Isabella get jealous and exchange glances. And he calls his sister pussy, which is also so creepy. (laughs) Oh, come on, pussy. (laughs) Gross. So, uh, yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine is trying to convince Isabella that she can't go on a drive with her because she's already promised to go with Miss Tilney on the spot. Right. And John comes in and says, oh, don't worry. I told Eleanor that Catherine can't make it. What? She's like, what? Yeah, she's very upset. John grabs her and won't let her go. And he says he likes it when people aren't obliging because it means he doesn't have to be obliging himself. Uh... (laughs) That's a rapist. Yeah. <laughs> Sexual I mean, so predator. Gross. gross. <laughs> Isabella says to let her go. <laughs> so I'm wondering if we can assume in this version, at least, that John is much more villainous than the version in the book. Because yeah, he, while he is technically basically the same, it just feels like he has the much more potential for being abusive or something yeah well like the thing about the book is the book in my opinion portrays him more as just like a really cocky yeah 
kind of macho mask like <laughs> aggro kind of person yeah um who wants to like show off his like things and whatever yeah and in this version he seems like to be yeah have like the capability of being violent yeah especially with the like <laughs> sexual undertones for the whole thing <laughs> yeah well like in, even in the book he's portrayed you kind of get the feeling that he's just kind of like okay you're just like, kind of an idiot and you don't know it yeah you just never shut up and this one he just seems like an evil mastermind mm-hmm. so Anyway, Catherine uh, runs off, and it looks just like that scene from Persuasion, where yes. she's running down the street, and she runs like through the Bath, Bath Street Avenue. I wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Bath Street Avenue. <laughs> she runs through the door. The servant just opens it for her and doesn't even object as she just runs past him. <laughs> she bursts in on the family without realizing that General Tilney is even there, and it's like insert foot into mouth yep <laughs> and general Dolney is in his red coat and his wig and it gets way too close as he welcomes her <laughs> way too close and the girls decide that they're gonna go on their walk after all and they invite henry at his request <laughs> <laughs> and the general warns catherine to take care not to become uh, or to become tired of bath at the proper time <laughs> Take care that you don't like it too much. He's very menacing and charming in turns, and he also looks like he wants to eat her as well. <laughs> yes, the most. After John Thor. Yeah, he has that one creepy line from the book about the elasticity of her walk and Blech. stuff like that. So they walk by some pretty waterfalls to some saxophone music. <laughs> <laughs> I love when the saxophone starts. <laughs> it is refusing not to be 80s. <laughs> it's so 80s. Um, Catherine is talking about Paris and how she thinks that it looks like Paris, but she only knows what it looks like because of the book. And <laughs> Henry assures her that he loves a good novel. And then Catherine wishes that she liked to read history, but they leave out the best line <laughs> <laughs> from that scene <laughs> about like history is full of yeah and no women. <laughs> right. So they walk on there. They walk by a pond and. Henry is talking about the picturesque and the differences between art and reality. And he has a whole speech about don't mistake water for air unless you're a fish. <laughs> and then it's the other way around. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a boat trip <laughs> where Henry is rowing them around. <laughs> and they're crammed into that little boat. Yeah, they're just crammed in underneath their umbrellas while Henry is doing all the work. <laughs> And Eleanor is talking about how she wants to paint some nature, or Eleanor, as General Tilney calls her. Eleanor. <laughs> Eleanor. They also call Isabella Isabella, <laughs> which is one of my favorite British things to do. <laughs> I used to have a bus driver who would always call me Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so funny. Catherine can't help that she. Um, wait a what was it? <laughs> Oh, Catherine cannot help with their talk of painting because she can only write. And not paints. And she's not even that good at writing. <laughs> <laughs> and Henry says that he thinks her natural folly is an advantage. <laughs> and he also goes on to say that most men like imbecility in females. And he demands only ignorance. <laughs> uh, it's like a I, roundabout way of being nice. I know. That's one of his more, um, you know, playfully rude <laughs> moments. Uh that's why some people really don't like him. Like, you know, yeah. Jane Austen fans. But I, I like it. 
<laughs> I know yeah. he's just joking. <laughs> it's just like it's. I guess you just have to be like privy to that kind of like humor because it's like he's like I prefer <laughs> my women to be dumb, but have the ability to learn. <laughs> yes, <laughs> not just forever dumb, which is like a weird being like. I guess you like smart women somewhat. <laughs> exactly. And man, during this boat ride, you can relate. Catherine is a starer. She has stared him down the entire boat ride. <laughs> With those spotlight eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you she guys. stares everyone down. She doesn't seem to care a bit about what he's saying. Nope. <laughs> and there's more saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> to increase the mood. <laughs> and it starts to rain as they come back in. And there's a carriage waiting. It's the general and Captain Tilney, the other, the older brother. And they're all planning on going to the cotillion ball later. <laughs> In their wigs. Yes. And Catherine <laughs> imagines, imagines the general as the villain from her first dream scene that she had in the tree. And right. okay, so back at home, Catherine and Isabella are reading together as they wait for a very important letter. <laughs> <laughs> and... By the four o'clock post, James's letter, his giant letter, it's one of those. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a newspaper. Yeah. And it's success. Isabella reads on and is disappointed because they have to wait two years and will only get 400 pounds a year. Mrs. Thorpe tries to ease the situation mm-hmm. because Isabella is so modest in her wishes after all. <laughs> And at first she says she doesn't want to go to the ball, but then she pretty easily agrees. Mm-hmm. All right, so they're dancing. Henry and Catherine dance first thing. Their first dance. Ugh, great. <laughs> John Thorpe looks on disappointed and complains to her while she's dancing. <laughs> and Henry looks annoyed by his interruption. Uh, and then John wanders off to talk to the general. Rude. <sighs> yeah, starting the whole entire mess. <laughs> Henry complains about the fidelity of a dance partner <laughs> and a dance should be like a marriage. And Henry, um, you know, this is their whole conversation. Catherine warns Henry at the end not to underestimate the power of refusal by women. <laughs> <laughs> and then Frederick is asking Isabella to dance and she agrees immediately. She doesn't mm-hmm. even speak one word. <laughs> and Catherine is like very upset by this. She's wondering about it to Henry. And he says he understands her perfectly. And she says, I can't speak well enough to be unintelligent. (laughs) Bravo, an excellent satire on modern language. (laughs) Yeah, I love that line. Yeah, it's great. So Captain Tilney is flirting big time with Isabella as they dance. And she is flirting right back. And now he wants to eat her. (laughs) And Catherine just does not get it. She's staring them down with her big old eyes. And she... um, she does notice Eleanor being sad and not dancing. And then she notices the Marchioness de Tierney. Yes. <laughs> she is a confidant of the general and keeps him abreast of gossip. Her husband was guillotined. And I was Gosh. wondering if that was a little nod to Jane Austen's aunt because her aunt was married to a French nobleman who I think... Was also guillotined. I think he was. Gosh. I'm not sure. <laughs> um <laughs> He was definitely swept up in the whole French Revolution thing. No, thank you. But it apparently cleared um, the Marchioness of Jacob... Jacob... Oh, my God. Jacobian? Jacobian? Jacobin sympathies. And I got that reference because of Outlander. So thank you, Outlander. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. After the dance, Henry and Frederick do some snuff. 
Which is not Coke. A restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> you would think being an 80s adaptation. But I did take, or my friend took a restoration comedy class, mm-hmm. theater class. And they, and then he was carrying around snuff with him for a while. And we all tried it because it was just like something that was like built into those. Right. How was it? I mean. Just meh. It just made your nose dirty. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Noses seem like the wrong way of entry for things to go. Yeah. It just seems, except for air, obviously. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, it wasn't something I would want to do continuously. No. So Henry, um, okay, so this is weird. Henry says he could have predicted Frederick's every move. And, oh wait, no, this isn't the part. Anyway, yeah, he says he could have predicted Frederick's every move. And they just seem so much more predatory, I guess, especially because like Henry's in on it with his brother, not mm-hmm. in on it, but like he just seems they to don't have any sort of accountability for. Him. Yeah, it's not like he's disapproving of him in any way. Right. He's just like, <laughs> well, that's what he's going to do. It's like, uh, well, he could not be awful. Yeah. Isabella laughs off Catherine's concerns and points out that the general really likes to stare at Catherine. So much staring in this adaptation. Yeah, which is gross. And that's halfway. Woo. (laughs) Flew by. Yeah. Oh, should we do our favorite moments from the first half? Sure. Okay. I know mine is going to be the bathhouse scene. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) That was a good one. Just because it's so unique and unusual and yeah. it feels so weird for a Jane Austen adaptation, but it really works with the like gothic craziness of this version. And Yeah. Well, what's really cool is that like it's such a unique scene because I've never seen anything like that before. Yeah. And and just to have that weird peek into like some just like the weird extravagances of that time period, like the fishbowls in the garden. Oh, yeah. And our I other. That was a real thing or just that. I couldn't find <laughs> out, but. It was just really interesting. Yeah. To I see mean, that. they definitely had some weird things, but I could maybe get behind a bathhouse, even if I had to wear a dress. <laughs> and some, <laughs> some salts and aromatics around your neck. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe some eucalyptus. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, rack Molo Brain. <laughs> I mean, you can pick the same one if you want. I think I'm going to choose the scene where Catherine and Mrs. Allen, they, she makes her entree oh, yeah. into the ballroom. <laughs> and she, Mrs. Allen, what I like about Mrs. Allen in this one is that she seems so much more like aloof and very <laughs> like always like ready to go and yeah. very chatty. Yeah. I feel like she's a really good Mrs. Allen. Yeah. it's. A, it, I think it's a little different than the book. So the book, I always pictured her very like um, relaxed and... Oh, yeah. But in this one, I like how she's kind of busy and she... Like once, like she's like very a little, yeah. a little bit dramatic, and so when they enter the room and she's like too crowded, I need to go upstairs right now, and it is plenty of room. It just made me laugh. Yeah, she's like a weird mix of aware and unaware. Yes. Yeah. Which I like. Okay, well, let's see what I got for the deep dive. Okay, I wrote a little bit about the baths actually, oh. um, and this is from JaneAustin.co.uk. It was written in like 2001. So the bathing scene is unlike anything in any of Jane Austen's books. Um, some reviewers call it inaccurate, claiming the baths weren't excavated until 1850s, but this is wrong. While some excavations did take place in the mid 1800s, the baths had been in use for hundreds of years. And 
And since the visit of Queen Mary of Modena were celebrated by the modern world for their healing qualities. While most people visited Bath intent on taking the waters internally, bathing in them was still an accepted form of medical treatment, if not social practice. Interesting. So it might not have been as like a social experience. Right. At the time, but still. Um, in, in Persuasion, for instance, Miss, Mrs. Smith is said to be conveyed to the warm baths for treatment for her rheumatic fever. We never actually, like, hear her talk about it, but they just right. say she that's, that's the only time she there. ever leaves is to go to the baths for her rheumatic fever. It says she's never quoted... Uh, she's never... Uh, I don't know what I was... Never quoted the house, but to con- be conveyed... Quitted. Okay. <laughs> she never quitted the house, but to be conveyed into a warm bath. <laughs> I really hate it when typos make me so I have no idea what I'm Autocorrect trying to say. Autocorrect <laughs> is against all of us. Yeah. There are actually three baths in use at the time. They had the cross bath, the hot bath, and the king's bath, which is actually located right next to the pump room um, mm. and is the one that they attended at in the movie. The king's bath? Yeah. Okay. And then... I, I don't know if this is from the same article, but there was a quote I had from a review that said, if you're going to watch it, try to enjoy it with an open mind and no expectations. <laughs> After all, it deserves our gratitude. If it hadn't been for Northanger Abbey, Pride and Prejudice 96 might never have been made. It was at a screening of Northanger Abbey that writer Andrew Davies met producer Sue, Sue Burst... <laughs> Sue Burtwistle. Mm-hmm. Sue Burtwistle. And the idea of making Pride and Prejudice into a fresh, lively story about real people was born. Oh, wow. (laughs) So we haven't watched that version yet, but it's like one Mm -hmm. of, it's probably the most popular version of a Jane Austen. I mean, Uh most popular adaptation of a Jane Austen. And if it hadn't been for this movie, it might never have happened. Wow, we we owe a lot to this movie. (laughs) Yeah, so keep your mind open and don't have expectations. And I think you will definitely enjoy it because it's fun. Oh, yeah, it's fun. (laughs) Yeah, and we'll save the rest for the next time. And I guess final thoughts. Um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed this first half. It did, I did kind of miss a lot of the bath, like, society stuff that we kind of got in the book yeah i think that's really one of the only things i really missed it yeah um just because i felt like we were in bath for like not even a week and (laughs) we're ready to go now yeah um but yeah i would have appreciated more of that but i liked it (laughs) yeah i really enjoy this version this is i guess the first half was all the bath stuff and the next half will be all the north thing or abby stuff yeah like I said, I love the gothicness of it and the 80s-ness of it. Yeah, <laughs> and just very the, prevalent. The music and the crazy over-the-top styling. <laughs> and some of the characters, I think, work really well for this particular adaptation just because they really play into the whole feel of it. And some oh, of them, yeah. I think, actually make really good versions of that character in general, just like mm-hmm. from the book version. I agree. So I really like it, and I'm a little bit sad because there's really only three adaptations of Northanger Abbey. This one, oh, 2007 one, which is also very good, mm-hmm. and a modern adaptation. So, and we've already done the book, so we're halfway done with all of Northanger Abbey. Aww. Unless they make a new one, which is always possible. I just heard about something that they're making. I think maybe it was a new Northanger Abbey. Oh, wow. Or no. Was it a Persuasion? I think it was Mansfield Park. Oh, I yeah, think yeah, that yeah. Andrew Davies might be doing a Mansfield Park, which is cool. Yeah. I know. Um, I mean, I would definitely love to see 
Cassandra Davis has done so many, uh-huh. but the ones he's done has have been very good. So it's like, you know, I kind of want for him to be able to complete his collection of Jane Austen right. movies, but I also would love to see some other people's adaptations. Yes. So, you know, <laughs> what can you do? <laughs> right. Yeah, Hopefully yeah. I'll live long enough to see many more adaptations. And oh, I'm sure, you know, I don't think that there is a an upper limit for how many we can make because... No. They're all perfect. It's timeless. (laughs) It's timeless. Yes. I would like to see, um, I don't remember her name, but the director of New Emma. Oh, Autumn to Wild? Yes. I would like to see all of her interpretations of all these stories, too. Yes, please do all of them and we'll put them in a little box set and we'll be like the autumn to wild jane austen and we can have the andrew davies jane austen and so colorful we need an emma thompson jane austen for sure please (laughs) (laughs) um okay and so i guess all that's left is oh wait did we was that enough Uh, did you did i let you give your final thoughts yeah yeah, yeah, i went first okay (laughs) i'm forgetting what happened literally moments ago okay no you're fine All that's left is recommendations then. Yes. I have a spooky recommendation this week Ooh. for Halloween. <laughs> because I recently watched with my sister, Dr. Sleep, oh. which is the sequel to The Shining. Oh, I didn't know that. It's got Ewan McGregor as the lead character, as Jack, or as, uh, what was the kid's name? Danny Torrance, uh-huh. grown up. And I read the book. Mm-hmm. the doctor sleep which is the sequel and i really liked it and i thought the movie was really good because it wasn't it was also kind of like this was not an exact adaptation of uh-huh. the book but it was very close but it also kept the spirit of the original movie and the mini series that they made oh, and wow. the the book i mean it somehow managed to juggle all of them it was the same guy who directed haunting of hill house oh wow yeah and it was really good it was especially nice because a lot of the tropes of a normal like horror or this kind of a story were like turned on their head. Like, oh, cool. it was kind of like the bad guys were really the ones who needed to be afraid the whole time. <laughs> Even though, you know, there's definitely a lot of tension and stuff, but I just really liked the main girl character. It was really good. I definitely recommend it. It was fun. Would you say it was like scary, spooky? Like no, the it, was, first... it was not scary, scary. You know, just like. I think I could watch it alone. I watched it with her because I'm too scared to try. But um, (laughs) I definitely think I could have watched that one alone and been fine. Okay. I'll have to give that a try. I love scary, or not even scary, but like spooky stuff. Yeah. (laughs) It's a good one. I'm going to save my spooky one for the next episode so that we can balance. Okay. Because I have another spooky one for the next one too. (laughs) Oh gosh. Uh, Okay. Well, this one, since the second half of this movie is spookier, I'll save my spooky one for that. Good idea. Um, my recommendation this week is, uh, like I said in the check-in, I've been watching more, like, old Hollywood movies, and, of course, I had to start with Barbara Streisand. Ah. And we just watched Funny Girl. I saw that recently. And I <laughs> love it so much. Yes. I love that movie a lot. I listened to the soundtrack for a long time, and I love the soundtrack. <laughs> she's, I mean, that's, like, peak vocal Barbara. Like, she sounds amazing. Uh-huh. Um, and the songs are so great um is that that's directed by peter bogdanovich i think so let me see but i just loved it so much directed by william wyler oh i must be thinking of a different movie then <laughs> maybe a different barbara streisand 
Maybe. <laughs> Maybe it was like Gentle or something. Or, no. Um, it was definitely directed by Peter Bogdanovich because I know we did like a double feature of Peter Bogdanovich. Probably. There are if some you know, movies. let us know. <laughs> <laughs> My Fair Lady or something. No, 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 no. I'll look it up. Hold on. Oh, I know we watched Paper Moon. Oh, What's Up, Doc? Right. I know. I've heard of that yep. movie. <laughs> you should try that one out. I bet it's on there too. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was just really happy to see it. It was What was really interesting was I've only ever seen Barbara act in like Meet the Parent. Oh, uh-huh. And um, that road trip movie she did with Seth Rogen. So like <laughs> not movies that where I'm like, oh, she's... Not re- her in her prime. Right. Not in her prime. And she's not really putting on like dramatic acting chops or just right doing like a, a role where she's really giving it all I yeah think. and it was really refreshing to see her yeah. act because she's like such a natural actress yeah she's really good she's yeah like really good. i was really blown away by how talented she was yeah and how like well she played the comedy part like she's <laughs> i mean and she's always been hilarious which yeah. i think is so cool so but yeah i loved it i would definitely recommend you watch anyone watch it uh, it's just such a great movie. It's such a fun movie to watch. Yeah. And almost Christmassy. I could see it because ah. there's, there's snow in part, so <laughs> it'd, be a, it'd be a good A good Christmas this time. time of year. Yeah. Awesome. We'll have to watch that one. Yeah, so next week we're going to be doing the second half of Northanger Abbey. Yes. And if you want to get in contact with us. Yes, you can email <laughs> Tell us. Tell us what your favorite part of this movie is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure people will have lots of opinions. Uh, if you want to email us, you can email us at mannersofmadness at gbones.com. Our Twitter is at mannersmadness. Instagram at mannersofmadnesspod. And you can leave us a voice message at mannersofmadness.com. Yes, and we hope you will. And please rate and review. Um, yes. We'd and really subscribe. appreciate that. And subscribe. And that's it we'll see you guys next week yes bye thank you good night